You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The number here is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. I don't believe we have any new callers. So let's start with Aaron. Yo, Ryan, um, I'm just giving a call in response to the dude that called in asking for a tattoo, whatever, and I think, and for whatever team he won, you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, I think that would be really cool because Buffalo is one of the options. So, I'm going to go in a completely different direction than whatever the heck AI was talking about because I don't need no skyline in this. Um, so, what I'm going to say is that the tattoo should be the office, the Dunder Mifflin Company picnic, and it should be Michael and Holly accidentally telling everyone, releasing the information that the Buffalo branch of Dunder Mifflin is going to be closed, and go. they're just going to be shut down. And so it should be Michael and Holly just performing their skit, and then a little quotation, oh, Buffalo branch is going to be shut down, <laughs> or something along those lines. Um, I just think that that would be a great tattoo. Um, very sentimental. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's going to be a big tattoo. So if you wanted to do it, I say just go big and just do your whole back. You know, I mean, if, assuming you've got a, a back to utilize. I'm sure you got some tattoos back there already. But, you know, I mean, just, just work from, from mid to lower. Just fill that bad boy up. You know, you got Michael and uh, Holly and then just all the people sitting around with their, uh, you know, sitting down Indian style. Can you say that? I don't know. Sitting down Indian style. They're different colored t-shirts on. Go big, you know? Hey, Ryan, going to beat a dead horse here, but um, anybody who's mad about their calls getting skipped, I just think there's no reason to be. Like, most shows, you call in, and it's a needle and a haystack if, you're call ever, if you ever get a call make it on the air. I mean, you call a hundred times and never get a call on the air because they go through and they search through them and they play like a couple, you know, at the most. And, like, you're, odds are you're never going to get played. Like, you 
you try your best to get to every call. I know some minor nonsense, you know, I, I'm like, oh man, I got this great idea. And then I call in and then I'm like halfway through it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, this, this, this is not as articulate as it was in my head. And this just is pointless, but at that point I'm already in it. So, you know, you just gotta find your way to the finish. So, but anyway, my point is, uh, yeah, you do your best to go through all these calls. So, um, I appreciate it and go back up. Yeah, and that's all I can really try to articulate to people is um, I'm going to try to explain my thought process and get you to understand that there was a reason behind it and there wasn't malice behind it. But at the end of the day, this is my show and everything that you call in becomes essentially mine to use however I choose. And if I decide to delete it or uh, play half of it and then hang up or play it backwards, whatever I want to do is at my discretion. Um, so far I have chosen to go through and try to play every single call. Um, I haven't been able to get much lower than like the eighties as far as how many calls are remaining. So maybe I'll start skipping, but even at that, I don't want to do that because it's going to cost a ton of my time having to listen to it and then go, Hmm, I don't know. Do I want to <laughs> just play it and see what happens, you know? But those are, those are the only two things I can provide to you. I'm doing my best to try to do, um, you know, try to respect your time as a caller, but at the end of the day, if you're not satisfied with it, it is what it is. It's it's mine to do with whatever I feel like. Just so we're clear. So we're we're in the tattoo part here, and uh, all your while you're reading from the computer, he just needs to get the two words stylized skyline tattooed yeah. on him, <laughs> and that'll be even a funny story. There you go, stylized skyline. I will never not think of those two words now for the rest of my life. Thank you. Have a good one. I go pick up. I, I was thinking you get a stylized skyline, um, but yeah, just the two words would be even funnier. You're right. So we're talking about beer drinking. Uh, yeah, when I moved to Wisconsin in what 1990, 91, 90. Uh, you know, I was 20 years old, going to college, and the the first thing I noticed about Wisconsin was. Everybody leaving, like Piggly Wiggly or whatever, Pick and Save, whatever the grocery stores are out there. Everyone. I don't care if you're like a 21-year-old dude or an 85-year-old lady had like a 36-pack underneath the shopping cart when they're leaving. I was like, I remember walking in going, is it a requirement to buy beer when I go to the store here? So, yeah. The Wisconsin ass, they like to drink their beers. Yeah, especially if it's, you know, like Friday you head over to the grocery store, and yeah, everybody's got, you know, I mean, it's it's probably beer, might be a bottle of whatever, but yeah, everybody's got to load up for the weekend for sure. Um, not just the weekends, I'm just saying. That's definitely when you're going to see everybody probably going straight from work, um, getting beer and maybe something else. Hey, Ryan! How you doing? Hey, this is this is uh, Nico from Idaho. Okay. Uh, tell you what, I was, I was gonna say hi, Nico, but I couldn't tell if you were trying to do like a thing there, trying to, you know, do an impression or a weird voice. I mean, it's kind of a giveaway with that loud beeping sound every time you call in. But you know, I was gonna let that play out, see where we were going there. Listen to Clayton's podcast on Jade Reed, and he was breaking up the film, so I had to go to YouTube, found it, watched it. I tell you what. I don't know if you've watched it yet, but man, I mean, it's what? It's uh, Tuesday. You might play this like next Tuesday. Pretty much. That fool has some potential. I mean, 
I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Having two dudes as fast as him and Watson spreading the field. Oh my gosh. What is that? That was a rookie. I know. He is Patrick Ben. Walk away from a little it. too excited about our rookie receivers. Well, but man, I mean, I used to get excited about people we signed from Canada. <laughs> not, not to mention guys like with his skill level. He is like a faster Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you what, two dudes doing four threes down the field, split the defense. I, right. I can't even imagine. Nico. I'm so excited. I've already stated the fact that we're going to win double digits. Oh, man. Uh, could Jaden Reed be offensive rookie of the year? I don't know. It's like he can't hear it. <laughs> I promise it's on his end. Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. Continue. I'm, I know you're excited. I don't know. Uh, what, cat? Where's my cat? Oh, sorry, my cat's out here on my balcony. Um, so, yeah, I oh, oh, I can't even tell you how shy I am. What? What are you doing? Leave me alone. Can I have my phone call? No? Okay. My cat, she wants oh. to give us my cat. There you go. Yeah. Well, you want to say something to Ryan? What do you want to say? Oh. Okay. Hey. So, oh, okay. I see her pull the one with Hey. Ah. Freaking go, Paco. And, uh. Yes, Jade Reed is not rookie of the year. Right now, I'm disappointed because clearly he has the potential to be better than every receiver drafted this year. And, uh, I'm just so jacked up. Once again, go, Paco. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Freaking go. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited about Jaden Reed. Um,. The, the only thing that's going to, I think, hurt him, and I'd have to look at some of the other teams, generally, you know, we see teams, they draft those first-round receivers. We didn't have a lot this year, but um, you see those guys on teams that don't really have that number one guy, and then they get thrust into that number one spot, and they just absolutely dominate. And I think with Jaden Reed, although he might eventually move from number three to number two, maybe, Christian Watson we know is never going to be reduced in his role his role is what his role is and nobody's taking that from him and so i feel like Jaden reed is going to be relegated to you know rotational boundary guy more often is the slot guy unless and until he can beat romeo dobbs and right now it sounds like dobbs and jordan love are developing quite a rapport and obviously we know dobbs puts in a ton of work so it's a bit of a hill to climb but um yeah we'll just have to wait and see but i think there's some real possibility there for him to become that rookie of the year candidate if for no other reason than again you know christian watson he's just got a a, a certain skill set and and that is not necessarily a reception guy that's not to say he couldn't have a game with eight nine ten receptions or whatever but generally speaking he's more your upgraded mvs and mvs was sort of your two receptions for 98 yards and a touchdown kind of a guy uh, maybe deshaun jackson would be a, a better comp than mvs you know, those types of guys. And so if he can sort of become that guy where, yeah, when we got three wide receivers, he's a slot guy, and we have two, he kind of is out there maybe more so or at least as much as Dobbs because he is sort of a better route runner. He is better after the catch. He is, he does, I believe, have better hands. I mean, that's that's why, again, I, I really like Dobbs, and I'm, I'm excited to see what he has grown into and how he has, has continued to grow. But I, I just see Jaden Reed as a better version of Romeo Dobbs in almost every every way, aside from experience, right? 
Hey, Ryan. This is Trucker Bob. Hey, Trucker Bob. Let's have some fun. All right. A couple of weeks ago, I called in about uh, love stats. If you put his last four quarters together, he would end up 26 for 44 with 328 yards, three TDs, and three interceptions, and put 34 points on the board in those four quarters. I projected them out by multiplying by 17 games. He would have thrown for 5,576 yards, 51 TDs, 51 interceptions, and Green Bay would be the third highest scoring team in NFL history. Now, what would that be like, being the highest scoring team in Packer history? Never out of the game, but no game is ever over because of his 51 interceptions. Every game is a track meet, as Love completes more passes that go over 30 yards than any team in NFL history. He leads the league also in pick sixes and sets an NFL record for pick sixes. We score over 30 to 40 points every game. So what's that look like? Our defensive coordinator is hospitalized after 12 games with a mental breakdown. Your wife and you are getting divorced because you just broke your fourth TV screen by throwing your beer at it. You start your show after every game going, you're running up to your therapist still. Green Bay makes the playoff and wins the Central Division. You realize you have 10 more years of this. And in the final game of the season, the Bears come to Green Bay, and Green Bay wins in the last seconds, 54-48, to because Love com- completes a touchdown pass. What's even more interesting is Love has completed more touchdown pass to Bears players than Fields has. <laughs> so what's your off-season recommendation for Jordan Love? As we go deep into the playoffs, What do you do? The season's over with. Green Bay's won a bunch of games. They went to the Central Division. They played exciting, fun, wonderful football. But those 51 interceptions and all those scoring records. What would you do, Ryan? It's your show. What is your recommendation during the offseason what should Green Bay do? Well, I know the, what they would do, and that's keep him. Um, there's no way in the world the team is getting rid of a guy that has those kinds of stats, even with the interceptions, because he's going to be one of those guys that they're going to try to fix. Now, at some point, especially if the Packers just keep losing, and, and at times, I mean, if you start talking about missing the playoffs, which you absolutely could, um, you know, with all the interceptions and pick sixes and and all that stuff, um, if you start missing the playoffs, it'll probably make that go faster. But if you're talking getting to the playoffs every single year, kind of like the Packers have, and just not quite getting it done, and the quarterback is the sole reason, the the hard part about it is he's he's also the sole reason you're getting into the playoffs. I mean, theoretically, I mean he's he's the one putting up however many touchdowns you said in a game, just absurd amounts. I mean, the whole thing is absurd, but you, you get the point, right? It's it's like he's your entire ecosystem. And we said that with Aaron Rodgers, but this is to an, a, a, a way bigger level. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you absolutely would hang on to him at least for a while if he's doing well enough to break records, get you to the playoffs. And of course, 
at any one time could eviscerate any single team. Right? I mean, easily could soar through the playoffs and win a Super Bowl. If you could just keep the, play, the interceptions down for the next couple of games, we got ourselves a Super Bowl. So I don't think anybody really walks away from that unless and, and until it just becomes completely, you know, untenable. You know, there's, there's, there's no way you're ever going to win consistently with this guy, which is unlikely again, because, you know, we're, we're talking about winning more often than losing so that you get to the playoffs. And at that point, I would think statistically, it's just a matter of time before you end up winning a Super Bowl with them because the other team is just a insignificant variable. <laughs> Jordan Love is the only real variable here when you're, you know, racking up those kinds of stats. Hello. Oh, we got ourselves another butt dial. Trucker Bob. Let's try that again, Trucker Bob. Trucker Bob again. Hey. I forgot my last sentence. In other words, you got Brett Favre on steroids. Have fun. Yep, and I think you keep Brett Favre on steroids. Um, I think you get frustrated with him, and I, there's going to be a lot of people calling for getting rid of him, and maybe at some point you do. You'd have to see how it unfolds, but um, you, you, it's just it's nearly impossible to walk away from that. I mean, people have a hard time walking away from, you know, Matt Stafford and, and Joe Flacco and guys like that, that, you know, even Andy Dalton. How long did that guy play? He was never doing anything all that spectacular. You knew you are never going to win a Super Bowl with him, or at least you were pretty sure, but... You know, the fact that he's probably better than anybody you're going to have, you know, than that you draft or whatever because you're picking 14, 15, 16, 17 every year. You just keep sticking with the guy. So you get a guy like that in Jordan Love, uh, even with the interceptions, I think he's going to stick around. Hey, Ryan Denham, California. Yeah, we're starting to look a lot like uh, 2008 with our receiver core, minus the Donald Driver in the room. But, you know, we have all these young guys. We don't really know, you know, we, back in 2008, the only one we kind of knew what they were was uh, Greg Jennings, but not to, like, a substantial, you know, point. He was only a uh, second-year receiver in 2007, and 2008, he's going into his third year, so. But we're kind of in that same spot where we have a bunch of unknowns at receiver. You know, we've had some good production, but we have... You know, three guys that have a lot of potential, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, and Christian Watson, but it's kind of like uh, back then, and the way you know, we hit all, all our guys and got good contributors, but the thing that we kept doing was, you know, after, after that, you know, three years later, we got Randall Cobb. After that, three years later, we got uh, Devontae Adams. You know, go back a little bit, back before uh, I think 2009 or 2008 we got Finley right I still like to lump in the tight end and into that whole thing but I think every couple years right two to three years you have to take a second or third round a skill position to maintain if you want to have a lead office like like how we had our little run right because think about it we we really 2006 the 2011, we really invested right there. Even just 2006 to 2008, we really invested and then it paid dividends for us once we made it, you know, you know, made it, everybody grew up, right? And then we just kept replenishing and Devontae's kind of the last wave of that and then, you know, we kind of stopped doing it. So 
hopefully we can kind of keep that so, you know, we, we've got our core and maintain it. That's all I got. Go back up. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think with the 2008 thing if it's more reminiscent of last year or this year. Because Donald Driver is actually very reminiscent of Randall Cobb last year. The only difference is Donald Driver was dominant one year before, and then he, he finally hit a wall. 2008, he was done. Uh, PFF only goes back to 2006, but it was 80.7, 81.4, and then in 2008, 69.5, then 67, then 61. And 62, which we'll call a flat line, and then finally in 2012, 53. So you've got veteran Donald Driver, who is a veteran and not much more. Then you've got second-year James Jones, rookie Jordy Nelson but third-year Greg Jennings. So it would be similar to if Randall Cobb was still here and Christian Watson was in his third year instead of his second year, it would be almost identical. And then instead of Ruvel Martin, you have Samori Ture, I guess. And yeah, we had rookie Jermichael Finley that year also. So we had rookie tight end, rookie Jordy Nelson, second-year James Jones, third-year Greg Jennings. I mean, it's, it's very, very similar. You got Aaron Rodgers with his backup quarterback, Matt Flynn, who was a rookie seventh-round pick along with Brian Brom, who was a second-round pick. But still, you got the drafted quarterback, and you've got your stud running back in Ryan Grant, younger second-round running back in Brandon Jackson. This was his second year, so similar enough to A.J. Dillon. Veteran left left tackle, who's on the uh, edge of being done, Chad Clifton. He was drafted in 2000. Darren College was drafted in 06, so this would have been year three, very similar to Elton Jenkins. Scott Wells was uh, a little bit more of a veteran. Right guard Jason Spitz was in year three. And Mark Tauscher also was a veteran. So they had a little bit of an older offensive line. And it looks like the defense only had two first-round picks. So, geez, y'all got to step up your game, man. (laughs) A.J. Hawk and Nick Barnett, two linebackers, sound like the Bears. And Mason freaking Crosby, who was drafted just one year earlier. So another very big similarity there, although... We have a rookie. We only had a second-year kicker at that point. Also had a had Brett Goode, who I think was brought in in 08, long snapper. So yeah, there are quite a few uh, similarities there. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I mean, it's, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world to take a skill position every couple years, I guess. I, I, I think you probably want to wait and see how things shake out a little bit because, you know, again, generally you're only getting seven picks. So if you designate one every year, let's just say to wide receiver or tight end, I guess it's not that big of a deal, but you know, you're, you're talking early rounds, right? So you get three in the first three round, uh, three for generally third round means something. I know to Packer fans, it's like a throwaway. Let's just say the first four rounds, you get four picks in the first four rounds. One of them has to be wide receiver, tight end. That doesn't leave a lot for all the other positions. So I wouldn't be as stringent on that. I mean, you'd have to look at it and say, you know, what would the average be? You got tackle, guard, center, wide receiver, quarterback tight end, running back, defensive tackle, edge, corner, linebacker, safety, might have missed some or whatever, but 12-ish positions. So it would be kind of close to once every three years you get somebody taken in the first four rounds in your specific position. Not all positions are equal. I get that. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it might average out to be about right. But again, I'd want to reassess every year and just see if that's what we want to do. You're right, this is Aaron. Um, so, if, if we, you know, we're calling skip calls before the draft. I, I, I'm skipping them. I completely understand because you don't want to hear predictions um, because we already know it came true. But I'm calling back in with my predictions. So, well, to be fair, 
It, it, it depends. Not not everything was about predictions, right? Some of it is like, who do you think the Packers are going to pick? That's like asking me something. It's, it's, it's a useless call, right? So there's a lot of useless calls. Some of the predictions wouldn't have been bad, but at the same time, some people probably don't want their predictions read because they were extremely wrong. And it's like, well, that was kind of douchey. I called that for beforehand. I didn't want you to air out how much I suck after the fact. So you know what I mean? But I don't mind. Yeah, if you want to call back in and be like, hey, here's what I predicted or whatever. Yeah, go for it. Knock yourself out. Um, here we go. So I I think that in the first round they're gonna take Lucas Van Ness. Okay. Solid dude. Um very screams packery. And then in the second round, they're gonna skip over Darnell Washington, but still go with the tight end. Probably go with some guy like, I don't know, Luke Musgrave. Mm-hmm. Um and then here's where it gets fun. You know how Goot is always famous for uh, trading and whatever, yeah. he's going to trade back twice and get a phenomenal receiver oh, in um, not Jackson Smith and Jigba. I'm sorry to everyone who complained that we didn't. He ain't going to trade back twice. Your call is being, you're just being stupid now. Jackson Smith and Jigba because, honestly, Jaden Reed, what, Reed, where the Packers are going to pick him, is much better value than JSN in the first. That's just my opinion. Okay. But, I never heard yeah, of Jaden nobody saw that coming, did they? Or is going to see that coming. Um, so, and then, here comes Thor, God of Thunder incarnate himself, Tucker Craft. <laughs> Tucker Craft. In the third round. Yeah. We got him. He's a, I mean, he, he's going to be a Packer. Okay. Um, because this is a prediction. And then, in the fourth <laughs> round, I don't know, um, just kind of pulling names out here. I don't really know. Uh, I'm doing the Michael Scott psychic thing. Colby Wooden. Yeah, Colby Wooden is going know. to be a Green Bay Packer. I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't even know these guys anymore. I think I might have watched him. I don't really remember. I'd have to go look. Book it. Um, and then follow that up by this is where it kind of gets weird because the running quarterback didn't, I mean, doesn't, isn't going oh, to leave us with, start with many options. So we're going to go with Sean. Clifford. <laughs> Not Sean Kingston, but the big red dog, Sean Clifford. He's the undrafted guy? Okay. Yeah, he's going undrafted. And then another receiver. Funny thing is, if this is a real mock draft, that would be all the comments. Yeah, he's going undrafted, idiot. Nice try. That we're going to take is Dante Vion Wicks. We got us another, I mean, we're getting us another day. We're going to have. Maybe that's why people get so angry. Because they spent so long screaming, you idiot, nobody's ever going to do that. And then when teams show them how stupid they are for, for saying things like, you know, calling people idiots for making their own predictions of what they think is going to happen, turns out they were the idiots for telling people and now they feel bad. So now they got to make it seem like the teams are idiots because anything other than I'm an idiot must be true. I can't have people thinking I'm an idiot. So uh, the people making those predictions were idiots, and now NFL teams and general managers and all that stuff, they're all idiots now. Everybody except me is an idiot. Another K on our team. Look at that. And then Carl Brooks. How do you call this far? I don't know. Is he our next, this year's King Lee and I don't know. I don't know he might be. He but then... Was oh, that that big here's guy? the kicker of the draft. Oh, I, I mean, literally the kicker of the draft. Because uh, we're not the Niners right. taking one in what the second or the it was in the third round. Um, we're taking Anders Carlson. That's right, Daniel Carlson's brother. Oh, um, I right. just feel like it works with uh, Russ Sasha's connection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. That was uh, 
Uh, I think a failure of a prediction. I think all of those are going to be wrong, and I think you're stupid, and um, that's how I feel about things. Hey, Ryan, this is Jonathan. Listen to Packing After Dark, and uh, JJ called in with the Tom Hoffer type call. Uh, the candy bar situation. I don't know what candy bar would do, but I just had to comment on that. I will say there's a place in Colorado in Estes Park, this little small shop. They put chocolate on everything, and they actually have. They put what on everything? I'm trying so hard, Jonathan. A chocolate bacon chocolate candy bacon, bar candy type bar. deal okay. yep. where they take, they cut a bacon, and they dip it in the chocolate. Yep. Um, candy bacon is delicious. This, I've had it. I've tried it three times, and. Uh, me personally, it's not good. It's, uh, it's to me, it's just, it's not my thing. Yeah. And yeah. So there was somebody at work that used to make that, and it was actually kind of spicy too. It's 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 not the greatest thing in the world. I mean, it's it's one of those things where I think in my mind, chocolate and bacon is like you envision it tasting gross, and then when it doesn't, it's like ooh. Wow, this is a, you know, but then you maybe kind of overreact because it's certainly like I would rather just eat like a Hershey's or something, you know. But um, I do remember it was quite good. I forgot exactly how it all panned out, but it was bacon, it was chocolate, and I know it was spicy, and it was it was pretty good. Again, not like a Carmelo knock your socks off kind of thing or anything, but and it's 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 also one of those things where I'd probably rather have chocolate and bacon by themselves, but still, it 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 does kind of work so. Anyways, I keep the, every time I think, oh, you got to take a break here, and then I play another call, and I'm like, oh, you got to remember after this to take a break, and then I don't. So why don't we take a break, and we'll be back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Ryan. Kyle from Madison. Hey. So we're, we're, we're talking about things that annoy us. Oh, is this perfect. Not Packer-related, but I really want to vent about something, and maybe some of our other crew that calls in has had this experience. But I'm in particular, I'm really annoyed, more so than usual. I have a baseline level of annoyance with, like, spam calls and spam texts. But it seems to have reached another level in the last couple of weeks, at least on my phone. So yeah. maybe other people are having this experience. But I'm used to... Oh, it's been, like, the last year or two for me. It's it's almost every day. It's driving me nuts. To the, like, rando text from a number where it's, like... Hey, is this Steve? I, you know, I lost my phone or, you know, that kind of stuff. Try to get you to reply. Um, or just things, you know, they try to be clever. Like they, like, you know them so that you reply like, who's this? Yeah. Um, lately though, I've been getting these kind of ever increasingly provocative photographs (laughs) just sent to me from random, you know, spam numbers. Um, of beautiful young women, which I chuckle and delete. But the other day, this thing comes up, and my lady's standing right next to me, and this freaking notification comes out as my phone's open, and there's this, you know, gorgeous Asian woman, (laughs) half-dressed, and it's just like, hey, call me back again, or something like that. So, you know, my lady doesn't, she knows it's spam, but she does the thing where she's like, I'm like, look, it's not, I don't know who it is, you know, and she knows that, but she still does the quiet, angry thing, mm-hmm. you know, and then it just gets worse later if you're like, no, you're not really mad about that. I mean, how can I control that? You know, and but you can, under the surface, there's some kind of like quiet annoyance that my no, significant other is is showing me and so I'm getting like really annoyed at these things now because now they're like impacting my relationship because it's like once or twice every few days I get these freaking pictures and I'm just waiting for the AI to get involved in this too you know so pretty soon it's going to be a picture and it's going to say like hi Kyle from Madison that was a lovely night last (laughs) night at the Monona Terrace in Madison, Wisconsin, together. Like, I'm waiting for that level. That's coming. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. It's so annoying, and I'm wondering if I'm the only one with that going on. So, love y'all. Kyle out. So I don't think I've ever had that. I do get that occasionally on, like, Twitter. Um, And usually they don't send images or anything, but it's... What was it the other day? Here, let's see. I don't know if I deleted it or not. Uh, do, 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 do. I don't think I did, but I don't see it here. Well, uh, oh no, here we go. Great mommy, <laughs> which is kind of a giveaway, but it says, Hey, what's up? Do you have cash app? So right away, you know, that it's stupid stuff. And, um, let's see. Uh, do you know what a sugar mommy is? Uh, 
And then she said, I would like you to be my loyal and trustworthy sugar baby. I'm going to cash app you $4,000 right now for the first payment. And I just said, LOL, okay. And I, I already told her I don't have cash app, but it, she just kept on going. And she did send two videos. I haven't even listened to them. Here, let's see what they say. Here's it for the $2,000 you created into my cash app. I paid the 200 clearance fee. <laughs> so it's like confirmation. So that must have been where this thing goes. Um, thank you for putting the 2000 in my cash app and I paid the $200 clearance fee or something. So I would have had to have paid a fee to get four thousand, probably $400 for a $4,000 fee or something. It's the dumbest crap ever, but um, no, otherwise I don't think I've gotten a ton of text messages like that. I had someone spam me today, but it was about a old business that I had and they were asking about how they could help. And it's like, dude, I haven't had that in forever. Um, I know this is, Hey Ryan, this is Roy. I know this is weird, but I found your company online. I wanted to reach out. We help agencies set up outbound ecosystems to get 20 to 40 appointments a month. We run it against cost price, blah, 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 blah. So usually it's just like straight up spam, spam. They call, goes to voicemail and it's just, Hey, this is uh, Cynthia again, uh, calling about your refund. I don't know what this, I keep getting that one, calling about your refund. Uh, due to your Duns and Brad Street, Street score, blah, blah, blah. Dude, shut up, idiot. Hey, Ryan, it's Brian from Illinois. Shout out to Garrett and all the mail carriers. Yeah, we we all know NFL players can't sniff our sweaty and alone when it comes to mail carrying. <laughs> That's and if you know, you know. Uh, let's talk about tattoos. Let's get that guy a skyline tattoo. Pick yep. the worst one and put that bad boy right on your body. I'm all for that. Um, How about a southern Illinois skyline? You know what I mean? Just a flat line. <laughs> and... Fair catches. That is garbage. Let's boo whoever puts their hand up. Just boo them. Boo them the whole time. The second you see their hand go up, boo that man. Because we know we got a dog that can take it whenever he wants. So let's just boo whoever puts their hand up. Shame them. Shame them into not doing it anymore. Uh, That covers it. I think we're good. Ryan, have a good day. Later. I think that does about cover it. Very well said. Hey, Ryan. This is Aaron. I Hi. just had a quick thought because apparently Matt Schneidman released a Matt Schneidman? Um, article about Aaron oh, Rodgers' Matt. perspective on things. <laughs> Who is Matt Schneidman? Matt Schneidman. Got it. And I had a realization. Aaron Rodgers is Michael Scott. Okay? So Michael Scott is... This perpetual guy who's the manager, like the regional manager, and he always has like the highest performing branch, and it's just always the best, and it's always up there. It's always going to be in contention for the best, like Aaron Rodgers was in Green Bay. And so then um, Brian Gutekunst comes along, a.k.a. Charles Minor, um, and in the office, but... I'm going to say I'm glad that these had different endings to the story. Mm -hmm. But anyways, so Charles Minor comes along and does not get along with Michael Scott. Michael Scott hates everything that Charles Minor does. 
And so what does Charles Minor do? He demands that they that they fire Charles Minor or Michael Scott's gonna quit. And what does Michael Scott do? He quits, he starts his own paper company and goes all the way to start his own paper company and he's like, Hey, who's with me? Who goes with him? His loyal people, aka Pam, who doesn't really have much going on, so he she needs a way to show that she's got this okay, cool, I'm gonna go nobody else is gonna come with me? That makes sense. I'm gonna go to a bowling alley and get Ryan. And so that he gets all his old friends together to start this the New York Jets aka Michael Scott Paper Company and what happens? They look like everything's going well because they're getting a lot of clients, but they don't know how how to actually run anything, so they fail. So I'm just saying that the Jets can keep Michael Scott and will deal with the Charles Minor in this situation, even though Charles Minor absolutely sucked. Um, but I'm glad that Brian Gutekunst is Brian Gutekunst and not Charles Minor. Anyways, that's that. But it's just like the parallels are crazy because Aaron Rodgers just created basically Michael Scott Paper Company, a.k.a. the New York Jets, and that's bound to fail because he doesn't know how to actually run anything. He might be a good manager, but when it comes to running his own company, he doesn't know what he's doing, and that's pretty much what he's going to be doing in New York. Anyways, bye. Fair enough. Wait, wait, wait um, after a second. Uh, should, what should I say? Um, bye. Okay. Um, my f- initial thought, if we had to put a character there, would be Ryan. Um, he's a guy that is always talked about as being good looking. Let's start there. But really, he's got a weird face. Let's just be real about it. He's got a weird face. I don't think he's the most attractive man in the world. Number two, way, 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 way too confident. I would say bordering on arrogant, but let's just be honest. He is just flat out arrogant. Um, he started off as kind of a yes very confident person but still way smarter than everybody else and you kind of liked it right because everybody else was an idiot and he was sort of the non-idiot of the group you know um and then as time went on he started to grow in his reputation and um started doing drugs and the confident arrogant um guy that was just kind of speaking truth to power became kind of the confident arrogant guy that was saying stuff that just sounded kind of stupid and um you kind of just started to change your opinion about him a little bit from from that guy that was like yeah he's gonna show you to that guy who's like dude maybe just shut up though i don't know um and then eventually he uh got fired i guess kind of sort of Again, neither of the parallels are perfect, but if, if as far as, like, the personality, it's Ryan. But I get what you're saying as far as starting your own company and going somewhere else and then dragging two, two people with them who are, let's be honest, Ryan never made a sale, and Pam also never made a sale because she was the receptionist. And you're right, you, you've got a guy who um, was actually at one point a very good salesman in Michael Scott that thinks because he is a good salesman, that would make him a good... Um, business owner and it doesn't he doesn't know how to run a business and I think that parallel works when he was in Green Bay as well as it would in New York if that is in fact the plan which maybe it's probably not because now now he's super focused and 
much more willing to let everybody else do their job. I doubt he's telling the... Well, I guess he already kind of did tell the GM what to do with bringing people over. Not that he told him what, but still, like, hey, here's some people that I, you know... Oh, I know, everybody does it. Yeah, I'm sure when Garrett Wilson showed up, he's like, hey, I want you to go... No, he didn't, because he's a rookie and he doesn't get to say those things. Yes, head coaches probably have lists, defensive coordinators have lists, but not everybody has a list. A very select few people do, and that is GMs, um, high-ranking coaches, and superstar quarterbacks. Yo, we're talking about postman. We said you people. What do you mean by you people? <sighs> I like saying you people because you're not supposed to say you people, and everybody just assumes it means something way worse than it does when the context kind of dictates what you people mean. So, um, in every instance, it's always good to say you people because you're not supposed to. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you shouldn't say it if it comes off racist. Well, if you're using it in a racist context, it sounds like you want to come off racist, so go ahead and say it, I guess. If you're not, then, and people think you are, that just makes it funnier, because they're stupid. So, you people is always defined by whatever the heck I'm talking about. So, I couldn't hear the first part of your call, but whoever I was addressing when I said you people, that's who you people are. Um, I tell you what, why don't we wrap this thing up? You know what? No, let's do one more, because the next four calls are from Mr. Unknown, and I can't change his name. Uh, what is his name again? Miss, uh, Russ the Realist. So let's get one of them done now, and then we'll have three starting off tomorrow. Hi, Ryan. It's still Russ the Realist. Hey. I thought you were skipping my calls, so I quit calling in. And I guess you uh, finally got to them. You're saying you think I'm a joker or whatnot. Yeah. That's fine. I do try to keep things light and fun, but I'm still pretty deadly serious. Good. I'll work on keeping names straight. But coming from you, that's honestly pretty rich. We get names wrong in nearly 100% of your episodes. That's true. We don't give you crap when you consistently call Jordan Love Justin Fields and vice versa. Having said that, I'm not sensitive at all and I don't feel offended. <laughs> call me a joker if you want to. I do appreciate that you answer my questions. I don't mind the snark that comes along with it. Anyways, I'm calling today to run a new theory by you. All right. If Matt LaFleur refuses to bench Jordan Love for Danny... Is there any chance Rich Bisaccia could take over as the new head coach? He has a ton of experience and is one of the most respected head coaches in the National Football League. Um, no, he isn't. He's never been a head coach. He's not respected as a head coach for that reason. Also, hear a pretty strong argument for making a change on the defensive side. Unless you just mean coaches, but even then, I would kind of doubt that. Sorry, go ahead. The ball. I think you could make Matt LaFleur the defensive coordinator and the Mojo Barry the linebacker's coach. Okay. He does really well with them. It's mostly just the defensive line he struggles with. Uh-huh. Lastly, Kenny King, as I like to call it, is the disastrous duo that is Kevin King in the secondary and Kenny Clark up front. I realize that after hearing you talk about it, I realize they're both terrible and it makes sense to lump them together. Happy accident, I suppose. Anyways, I'll hang up now and listen. Keeping it real here, go pack go. So you, you do know Kevin King is gone, right? He hasn't been around for a while. Or do you, you just bring it up because it makes, you know, you angry? Um, boy, um, so you think Matt LaFleur would make a good defensive coordinator and Joe Barry would then go to linebackers coach? I, I, I will say... <laughs> I mean, let's be clear, it's not going to happen, but if we were going to do something just absolutely drastic, 
Rich Passaccia as the head coach and Joe Barry being the linebackers coach, I think we would be upgrading our linebacker coach. And I think Rich Passaccia maybe could be a good head coach. I have no idea. Yes, I know he did fairly well as an interim, but we again, we see that all the time. In moments of chaos when everything's horrible and you assume that this disaster of a team is going to get even worse because the head coach is gone. No, what happens? The team rallies. That's the whole locker room thing, right? It seems improbable. It seems impossible. It shouldn't happen. But belief is a hell of a drug. The Matt LaFleur to defensive coordinator thing, though, um, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't get there with you, Rich the Realist. Anyways, now we're going to get out of here, and I think, two things I want to run by you real quick. Number one, I know the, the podcasts have been coming out sporadically. Every day I feel like oh, I got plenty of time, and then I, I just don't, and yesterday the biggest thing was my daughter just was in this psychotic amount of pain. I don't know what the heck her problem was. Um, at least she defined it as pain. She keeps saying her stomach hurt. I think it just meant she had to, you know, she felt sick, but literally just screaming all night long. And my wife had to go to some 4-H meeting thing. So usually she'd be good to just like hang out by herself while I do the podcast. She was not. I had to tend to her. Anyways, I've been thinking about maybe one of these days, possibly, but maybe not. I don't know. Doing a live Packernet after dark. And I was tossing it around and I was thinking about different ways to do it. And I thought, I don't know if it's going to work. Two biggest reasons why. Number one, people are going to call in and not know, which is the biggest reason I'm telling you now. So if you ever call in and it's like, hey, welcome to the show, then that's how you know. And number two, I don't think I would take calls from anybody that was unknown, which is why I wouldn't change the phone number unless I could just import it to a new number. I don't know. But I also don't want to do a live Packernet after dark and not have anyone call. I mean, I would still do the calls that are on here and just kind of live react to them. And then I could have people there and, you know, you guys give your answers live on the on the thing. I don't know. I thought it would be kind of fun. I'm just mulling it over, but I just wanted to put it out there into the ether. So if you were interested, you could say yay or nay. I think that would be kind of cool, et cetera, et cetera. Or no, I like leaving a message and not interacting and whatnot. Was there another thing? I don't think so. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.